Okay, welcome everybody to uh, the next episode of Adulting. Today we're going to talk about beach body bullshit. Yeah. Um, I'm Ryan Mitchell. I'm a counselor in uh, licensed professional counselor in Oklahoma. So I will be talking a little bit from the therapist view, but I also have my own eating disorder recovery journey that I like to provide some personal snippets from. And I am joined by my co-host. Terror office, um, mom, army wife, not a nursing student anymore. <laughs> I'm, uh, turns out I'm just going to finish my counseling degree because that's where I'm A, needed, B, I guess who I'm really good at, and uh, whatever. I'm in my own recovery journey too. And um, actually, I'm really doing really well, which is just uh, surprising to me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like what is what is this feeling? Is this stability? Is this what stability? Right. Uh, Nevertheless, she persisted. What? I don't know if stability because like life isn't stable. But is this what resilience? I guess. Um, weird. Yeah. So, yeah. welcome yeah. to adulting. This is um, our monthly chat jam bitch fest about all things recovery. Uh, rant. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially I think and I think I speak for Tara here too like we're as both of us more and more information is available to us we're really drawn to the health at every size movement um, and so a lot of our talk will be geared toward that because I di- it didn't dawn on me I guess until I really became steeped in the health at every size movement just how much weight stigma there is in eating disorder recovery it kind of dawned on me just because, like, <laughs> like because I experienced it. I experience it. So um, just because for a long time, I didn't think I had an eating disorder because I didn't fit the, um, well, the old school BMI requirements, really. I just thought like, well, I don't really have an eating disorder. DSM says no. So therefore I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the catchy rhymes and everything. I'm a poet, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think what I'm really drawn to now is like education to all, especially medical professionals and and counselors. Um, There's a lot of my colleagues out there who uh, market themselves in the niche of weight loss counseling, and I want to grab them and shake them and rub their face in Linda Bacon's book and educate them until they don't do that. I think like the most, like I sent it to you as soon as I saw it, like ERC was having this live Facebook talk and they had like ABC's um, woman gynecologist speak. And like one of her specialties was obesity. And I'm like, ERC, what the heck are you doing? Like you are like ERC is an eating recovery center and they're like the nation's, forefront and eating disorder recovery and like treatment and they have this obesity specialist doctor talking and giving a live chat about like eating disorder recovery and I'm like (laughs) Mm -hmm. how about every size like how are we going to like talk to you know like binge eating disorders on the rise like how are we even going to like confront like this epidemic if we have some obesity specialist at our ERC live conference or whatever on Facebook, talking to these people, like, mm-hmm. way yeah, to go, ERC. Thing, 
And what I, one thing I love about the, um, what's cool is like Health at Every Size actually has their PowerPoint curriculum for free online available, haescurriculum.com. Um, but I love it because in there, there's a slide where they did this two-year two year study, um, about roughly 50 participants in each group when they did the traditional diet counseling, right, where it was like, um, you know, restrict calories, track your food, um, exercise X number of day because that's what you need to do. And it was like all that, you know, traditional diet counseling focus. And then on the other side, it was like health at every size focus, where it was like more on body acceptance and self-care and nourishment and internal cues instead of external cues and all of that. And at the end of two years, what they found was the dieters had all gained their weight back and then some, imagine that. And the people from the non-diet approach maintained. And I think that's important because again, maybe they didn't lose weight, but they maintained. So they didn't lose and then regain, or we get into that cycle where we're just like going up and up and up and up and up. So they maintained, right? So they, weren't, they didn't keep gaining and gaining and gaining like the fear is out there. They also didn't lose weight because the focus, y'all, is in no weight loss. It's on health. And you can be healthy at any size. But I, I think it's really, especially, so that was my little segue, right, where I wanted to intro some health at every size stuff because um, what we're seeing right now, y'all, is we're in the middle of some beach body bullshit. We are for sure. Like, what do you see about it, like, in your news feed, on, like, on media, on TV? What are you noticing? Oh, well, I've not really been watching much TV, um, specifically for that reason. Like, number one, look around, the news is crap, so I don't watch that. Number two, um, typically around this time of year, it's very triggering for someone in eating disorder recovery. It's, um, get your beach body going. You got to fit in the swimsuit. Um, find the right swimsuit for your body shape. And um, like the latest diet trend, which is keto, um, got to find this, that, the other. And then if you're in recovery and you have recovery friends, all it is is all your recovery friends are relapsing, like, or they're struggling or they're going away to treatment because it's the end of the school year. And that's what you do when you. <laughs> <laughs> you barely survived to get the grades. You held you on. Barely survived because you're using some behaviors, and you go to treatment. And then you go to treatment. Like so, that's you know my social media feed. Half of it is um, friends that are either really struggling or relapsing. The other half is um, for those that I have it hidden already, are like random diets that are popping through. And then, like, same for if I, like, randomly turn on the news or randomly turn on, like, regular channels, it's, you know, diets this, diets that, um, like, you know, just crap everywhere. And I ain't got time for it, like. Yeah, I ain't nobody got time for that. Mm -mm. Um, so I want to briefly, before we continue, just, like, go over a synopsis, a reminder of the the diet cycle and why it doesn't work. I guess um, I, we still don't seem to understand because we're told over and over and over again, not just by the diet industry, but because it has infiltrated, right? And we believe this like pseudoscience to medical professionals. 
we're told over and over and over again that the way to lose weight is to restrict and that losing weight is the point beyond that, right? So let's go over why that's ridiculous. So as soon as you start restricting calories, you may lose weight initially, but then your, your body's like doing this slow metabolism, like slow down. Like it's, it's yanking the brakes. And it's like, oh, we're underfed, slow everything down, slow the metabolism down, slow digestion, just slow everything down. Um, cut out anything non-essential, which might include um, your sleep quality, your libido. That's not essential to survival. <laughs> so those things tend to start to deteriorate. You get cranky. And meanwhile, your body's survival mechanisms are kicking in to make food smell better, taste better, the thought of food come into your head more often. You might even feel some people are like, but I have some energy. Yeah, because you're getting restless because your body's like, hey, why don't you go out and find some food? Right? And so all of these survival mechanisms start kicking in. And the next thing you know, it's somebody's brought a tray of brownies to work and you've like devoured half of them because um, your body was like, oh, look, you've been so deprived and look at this, look at this wealth of vast amounts of nutrition why don't you yeah go for it um and then because your metabolism is slowed or let's say you don't even binge let's say for like you you know you've like bitten your nails off to not binge the entire time and your diet cycle is over because you finished the whole 30 challenge This whole 30 days okay, right in either case your metabolism is now slowed and so anything above what you've restricted to is going to cause weight gain. And because your body's looking out for you and it really wants to protect you from that next famine, you're going to gain more than you might necessarily quote unquote need because your body says you need it, right? Your body says you need it for protection. Um, so now you weigh higher than you did than when you started. Uh, let's think about that. And what was it like? That's true for what, 98% of people? I think the yeah. other 2% end up in restrictive eating disorders. But the statistics- More than that. A quarter of dieters, is it like a quarter of dieters at any point in your life, this is not just a young woman's disease, right? At any point of your life, dieting will cause, you know, you have got like a one in four chance of developing an eating disorder from dieting as well. So, let's just not do that no and like I had a friend um one of my best friends just recently went through something really bad she had a, a breakup and she just you know felt terrible and didn't want to eat and like you know I was like that's fine whatever and um she was like now it's like she lost weight and she was like I don't want to um sorry my twin sister's going she's like I don't want to she's like I don't want to eat anymore I want to see how much weight I can lose she's like well hold up I was like, girl, no, girl, no. Yeah, even <laughs> like, illnesses can start this, yeah. I, I was like, let me tell you about this flip in your brain that you just, or this switch in your brain you just flipped. I was like, and let me tell you where it leads. And so, like, she got back on track, and, like, she's like, you know what, you're right. She's like, oh, my God, that's so scary how quick that happens. And I was like, yes, and you, and she didn't even have trauma. She didn't even have any of the other factors that, like, lead to eating disorder. She just had a bad breakup <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. you don't even know like how quickly that this can spiral like mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and i and i've seen the same on the other end too when it comes to like binge eating disorder 
like all of a sudden you like you, you go through a bad breakup or you get out of an abusive relationship and so you decide well i'm gonna comfort myself with whatever i want and then you don't comfort yourself in any other ways and then it becomes this like vicious cycle where now it's like part of your shame spiral now it's part of now your hunger cues are jacked up and your fullness cues are jacked up because of the continued behavior and then the stress is like and then so there's this whole mess on the other there's a mess on either side Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so um bring that up because everybody's going to be talking about diets and now you can toss back at them you know diets don't work right they they work in terms of like short-term weight loss but really any any the longer term the study and this is like another stat out there the longer term the study the more weight gain over time people have seen from diet studies so if you want to gain more weight over time you know, and jack with your body's systems, then by all means diet. And wasn't, wasn't there a study that proved that dieting was terrible for your health? That the only real indicator for like heart disease and, um, you know, like metabolic s- syndromes and stuff was dieting? Like that was the only thing? Because mm-hmm. it raised inflammation in your body and it raised um, like- Yeah, because your stress, stress response. Mm-hmm. And cortisol. Mm-hmm. So like- yeah, which, which is out to get you too, because like if you diet, your body's under stress, it releases cortisol. Cortisol is mediated by insulin, so more insulin's released, which is going to make you crave more food. Yeah, and for people like me, like I have PCOS, so dieting for me is a no-no. Like there's, I can't diet. Like that would like tear up my metabolic syndrome, it would tear up my insulin resistance. Like mm-hmm. I'm no- yeah, and- and the insane thing is they tell most people with PCOS to lose weight, right? Good luck with that. Like, um, now, now. When you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I want to I real quick address the haters. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's- Hey, haters. Hey, haters. I hear this very frequently, right? Oh, so you just saying we shouldn't pay attention to what we eat? I'm like, no. Absolutely pay attention, but pay attention to your body, not society, right? Because, um, like, what, you just got to eat a tray of brownies every day and have brownies on the brain? You uh, brownies? No, no, I'm not saying that because, quite frankly, if you ate a tray of brownies every day, probably around the second day, if you're lucky, you'd be like, you know what? I'm sick of these brownies. Give me something else. So, no, like, it's not this carte blanche. And first of all, like, do we really think people are going to do that? If it's anyway, but it's not this carte blanche thing. It's not this like don't pay attention to the diet now, right? What is what your what what your food quality is comprised of, and what you're fueling yourself? Like, yeah, sure, diet matters, but it matters in terms of like your personal body needs, right? So of course it matters. Of course that matters, right? Uh, but what doesn't matter is dieting the now or the verb where you're restricting calories or cutting out food groups or fats or sugar or whatever because Carbs. you're trying to bring your weight down yeah. manipulate your body uh, size yeah so because i get that flack a lot like oh you're just saying that it doesn't matter what you eat i'm just saying it doesn't matter in terms of like judgment it matters in terms of you listen to your body absolutely that matters yeah Exactly. Like we have, I'm on this um, mom group or whatever, and we'll have women on there like, help me out. I've been craving sweets. What can I do instead? 
And sometimes I'll post unpopular opinion, but uh, have you tried eating this week? Like, see what that does for your craving. Like, maybe it'll make it go away. <laughs> and then, like, usually I'll post, like, intuitive eating link. Like, yes. And then I always, like, refer, refer to um, either Robin Nolan of The Real Life RD or um, Kylie Mitchell. I may eat that. Like, they're, they're my favorite. So I'll either, like, refer to either of those. Like, they're um, intuitive eating stuff. Like, you know, intuitive yeah. eating. Like, I use, what? should I eat? I use Kylie's, should I eat the cookie? The cookie. Um, very frequently. Yeah. Yeah, I should eat the cookie. I did that the other day. Um, my husband bought a trail mix with M&M's in it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, God, why did you buy M&M's? In it? I wanted regular trail mix. But oh, well, because I, I, you know, I just had surgery, so I can't go grocery shopping. I can't drive yet, so I can't. <laughs> Do the things that I normally do, and so um, well, it kind of made you be more flexible. Yeah. So, and I couldn't eat my normal snack because it was making me nauseous, and so I was eating trail mix and juice at night. And I was like, "Oh God, these have M and M's in it." So I was like, "Screw it, I'll just eat the M and M's." And I was like, "Do well, you know." And I did the whole chart, like I'm just gonna eat them. And my dietitian was like, "Oh my God, you had M and M's." Yep. I was like. <coughs> They gave me horrible acid reflux. (laughs) (laughs) Can't eat those at night. (laughs) So I think that's important information too. Like just because, because foods also impact you in different combinations and at different points of day. So just because Mm -hmm. something upsets you one way doesn't mean it will upset you another way. Yeah. Yeah. That's for the, yeah, that's all good observations. But yeah, you're going to listen to your body. So it's not like, oh, you shouldn't have, although the eating disorder is like, you shouldn't have M&M's because it'll make you gain weight. But if you're eating them and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have M&Ms, that's one thing. But if you're eating them and you're like, oh, my God, now I have acid reflux and I'm going to be up half the night. Then, yeah, avoid the M&Ms. Or eat them earlier in the day when you're not laying down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just made John eat all the M&Ms out of the trail <laughs> Or do that. Or do that. Until you're ready. So. Not ready. <laughs> so what are the things that we can fight back? I think one thing to point out, like, because um, I hear this a lot too, well, I can't change the culture, right? Well, this is the culture. You can't change the culture because there is a lot of pressure, you know, at this time, at this time, like, to get yourself beach body ready, right? To get yourself swimsuit season ready. Yeah, but what is culture? Like, right, right, as if you owe the culture who goodness. And you can change you, culture around you. Like. Right. right. Um, and I think that that's the important thing. Like, you may not be able to change what's coming out of the TV, but you can change people around you. True. That's what I would say. Like, yeah, true. I'm not going to change, like, whoever, but, like, you can change what people think around me, like, mm-hmm. and I don't own the crap, <laughs> like, yeah. give a crap, like, if I want to go to the pool and hang out with my kids or whatever and make memories with them, I don't give a crap what whoever thinks, and that's especially true on, like, army bases and military bases, because you have immature soldiers ready to snap pictures of overweight military wives and, like, shame them on the internet and on Facebook pages, and it's just like, good for them, they're immature, and 
clearly insecure about something in their lives. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know why weight hangs on as the like um, one of I don't know. There's more than one, but like one of those last things, low hanging fruits, right? Where it's like it's, it's socially okay to make fun of. Um, no, I don't think it's socially okay, but it's like far more accepted than other things, right? Yeah. Like people are, in terms of like mocking, like th this is the last thing where it seems okay to discriminate on. There's even, I think there's, um, what was I reading? One state still has a law that it's okay to discriminate against uh, people BMI of 35 and over. What? Hey, that's okay. We're going to that state. We're going to change that. <laughs> Maybe misremembering the like the statistic, but the, just the 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 just so I, I hear so many anecdotal stories too of people going to the doctor with like knee injuries and they're put on intense, insane, highly restrictive, low calorie diets for knee pain. And it's like you wouldn't do that for somebody of average weight. You would recommend physical therapy first. So recommend physical therapy first, and let's see if that resolves the issue. I mean, a harmful diet. I have my own like doctor story of trying to figure out why, why, why I gained weight, and they're just like, just lose weight. I'm like, <laughs> like you guys don't understand metabolic science. <laughs> Idiots. Okay, so what do we do when we see those things? Um, so a little quick shout out. There's actually, if you guys get, I know it'll be backwards on screen, but like the eight keys to recovery from an eating disorder workbook um, has a lot of good stuff in here. But under the um, second key chapter, there's a lot of vignettes about like what happens, what you can say to somebody and what you can say to yourself. Because again, with it so steeped in the culture and so ingrained and so accepted, it's not a matter of if, but when and how often you're going to encounter these messages. So I like the first one right here. What do you do? I'm gonna, let's see what you do, Tara. Oh, Sorry. okay. Uh, there we go. I don't wanna go for ice cream anymore. It's too fattening. I can't have ice cream. <laughs> Change it to frozen yogurt, dang it. I, can't, I don't wanna go for frozen yogurt anymore, Tara, because it's too fattening. Oh, that's weird. What do you mean it's too fattening? I don't understand. Um, food is food. It all gets digested as either fat, protein, or carbohydrates, and your body uses it all as energy anyway. So you can miss out on the yummy goodness of frozen yogurt, but I'm going to go get some. But I don't need it. Okay, girl, you can stay here. I'm going to go get some. <laughs> you can walk home. Yeah. Uh, and needing food is when I hear all the time. Um, I don't really need oh, that. I say that I a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't need. And and it's a common I one do. in recovery too. Again, because because it's still tied in with diet culture, right? That the answer to the answer to being bigger is well, you don't need as much because um, that because that's a misconception too, right? You have all these fat stores, right? So you really don't need all that food. Um, excuse me, Rich. Everybody needs food every day to keep your body running oh everybody needs a sufficient amount every day i'm gonna repeat that everybody needs a sufficient amount every day regardless of your current size so i mean that's one thing i like to respond to need like um because in, 
really, I mean, for females and males, unless you're consuming like well over, you know, three, four, 5,000 calories a day, you probably need it. And, you know, I'm still calorie deficient technically in my meal plan. So I still need food. Yeah. And the thing is too, there's another check-in too. If I don't need it, well, are you, are you hungry? You know, are you craving it? Is it snack time? How far away is your dinner? Like, have you thought about all the things that are involved in your actual needs? Or is I don't need it just code for I don't want to get fat. Um, but I also like to, one of my other things about specific foods is like, you know, if the food is unhealthy, it's our behaviors that can be. That's true. Plus it's a dairy too, right? Mm -hmm. Technically. Frozen yogurt is like more tolerable to me than ice cream for some reason. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe less eggs? No, eggs and custard. I don't know, thanks. I think it's less of the milk protein. Hmm. That could be. But what do you do for yourself, right? So that's what we can, that's how we can respond externally because that's what we've learned. What do you do for yourself? What do you tell yourself about someone who's saying that or how do you reassure yourself or like what do you do for you in that interaction about frozen yogurt yeah um usually i'm going with my family so oh, the painters are at my house and they just started hitting my window with water okay calm down <laughs> pbsd is so fun yeah. uh, I usually, I just tell myself, well, I try to make it not about the food. I try to make it about making memories with my family. So I'll, I like stick to a flavor like I know that I like, or I try to get something that like my kids will suggest or whatever, we try to make it fun. And then I try not to focus on like really like how much of whatever's and whatever, because idiotic places like frozen yogurt places like to put the calories and the sugar content yeah. and crap right on the thing so I do that and I let them pick my topping because usually I pick something really healthy and I'm not supposed to do that and and then I just sit down and I eat I just try to enjoy be mindful of what I'm doing and what I'm eating and then I just try to enjoy my time with my family I think too I think if somebody were saying things like saying things like that I don't want to get bad. It's too much. It's too fatty. So I would also question whether I wanted to go out to eat with that person. Again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I try not to. I don't typically go out with people who do that. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you go to the gym, you go to your box and one of the trainers says, you know, you really should weigh yourself every day to keep fit. Oh girl, this has happened to me. <laughs> tell me tell me well they wanted to get my measurements um because i think they were looking to like make me the box whatever like success story and um this particular coach i guess didn't know that i have an eating disorder and which isn't really his fault and um I just, they weren't making it i guess common knowledge which i appreciate yeah, yeah so i don't really care like, I do a podcast where I talk about my eating disorder. I don't really care if people know. So, <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> like, um, so, I just said, you know, that's not really what I'm here for. 
And then the same coach was like, because I'm in recovery for like, um, you know, surgery right now. And I was complaining like, oh, I can't be here. I can't work out. I'm going kind of crazy. He's like, well, you can walk every day. You can walk every day to lose weight. And I was like, I got crazy face. And my husband looked over. He's like, don't. I was like, you know, that's not really why I'm here working out to lose weight. And I don't really want my measurements taken. And I explained to him, you know, I'm in eating disorder recovery. I don't care about what my weight is, really. I said, I don't even know what it is. I don't really care what it is. I'm not here to lose weight. I'm here to get strong. Uh, I enjoy the movements. I enjoy getting my butt kicked every time I work out. Mm -hmm. So whether or not I lose weight, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And he just looked at me. I was like, I believe in health at every size, man. And he just looked at me like, John was like, thank you for not, you know, cussing out. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, and this is another thing that I've seen across a lot of blogs and podcasts recently too, um, in the recovery community is the wellness industry is letting us down. Like strong is the new skinny. It's just another code for this is the new physical ideal to strive for instead of actual health. Like the fitness and wellness industry is no longer focused on fitness and health. If it ever was, I mean, yeah, it was to some extent and for some people, but it's been so co-opted by appearance and look. Um, that like you can see it in magazines. I see this all the time. You can pull out a women's health magazine, a men's health magazine, a muscle fitness magazine, and all the headlines are not um, how to become better, stronger, faster, more flexible. It's all about how to lose weight or sculpt a particular body part. Or get lean. My favorite, favorite, favorite Facebook page. It's called Girls Gone Strong. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them. But it's just this women support group of women just getting strong. And rarely, rarely do, does anybody ever talk about getting skinny, getting lean, getting whatever, or strong as a new skinny, because it's just women getting strong. And you'll see women of all body types, all body sizes, lifting and PRing their deadlifts or their snatches or their whatever. And it's just, it's so empowering, so awesome. And the founder of that group or whatever has PCOS too. So like she talks all about, so it's so empowering. So I would like, if that's your thing, if you like lifting, um, get on that page and, you know, get whatever motivated. And I do like lifting. I think that, yeah, I think that's true about any movement that you choose to do. It should be like joyful and or both empowering, right? Like mm-hmm. you said, like you love the movements in CrossFit, like you like the way it feels, you like the challenge to it. And I think that's the important thing. Like, are you paying attention to how it makes you feel? Or are you just burning calories? Because the thing is, if you're burning calories, you need to be eating more. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. We did this thing, we do rowing or whatever for calories, and we were supposed to count the calories rowing. And I wasn't even doing that. I was like, oh, we were supposed to count that? I didn't even. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's probably better I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, those those workouts where it's like calories, you're like, maybe I'll just do a yeah, you could sub it for a distance, five hundred meters, thousand meter. Yeah. Yeah. Sub it for sub it for a comparable distance. You know, how far do you how far do you row when you row that many calories? That's that's how far I'll row. I think that'd be a good mod. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I think too, um, the self-care piece, right? 
I think the self-care piece is really hard to stay grounded in reality, right? The reality of health at every size, the reality of diets don't work, the reality of um, how you look is not the be all end all, it's how you feel. Um, like th those are part of the self-care piece too at the end of the day after, especially when you've had like more than one, I call it like encounter in a day, like more than one phys uh, like body message in a day, whether it's about yeah. dieting or weight loss or exercising a certain thing. Um, I, I, shoot, I probably see five to 10 in my Facebook feed every day, if not more. Um, what about if somebody is, oh, oh this, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to appeal to your orthorexia a bit. No, please tell us my weak spot. You know, this is sugar makes everyone fat you shouldn't eat anything with sugar in it nothing with it. only natural sugars <laughs> i don't <laughs> what do you mean what do you know it make you squirm that much i'm sorry <laughs> i don't are you talking about like fake sugars <laughs> Well, I'm talking about, like, how would you, like, how would you respond to somebody who's saying that? Like, you know that, like, sugar is the root of all evil, <laughs> and, like, sugar is causing the diabetes epidemic, and sugar is causing the obesity epidemic, and sugar is what's making everyone fat, and so you shouldn't eat anything with added sugar, only natural sugar. Tara's <laughs> like, is the science really back on that? <laughs> I hear the words out on science. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, so this, this is one of those, like, half, I call it a half-truth. Yeah, because, right? I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, there is a half-truth. Right? It's but a half-truth. Uh, but sugar in moderation isn't going to kill you. And yeah. is it sugar that's what's making everybody fat, or is it our lack of awareness of how much sugar is in our food? in the ease of food choices and the lack of like all, the whole system. So again, it's not all just sugar that's making us fat. Um, I think it's also I dieting. I would also, yeah, it's also dieting. I don't know if say like artificial sugar is like not completely, you know, innocent. I would, you know, I would even say artificial sugar is also to blame. So, and, like, and but it's to blame because of our behaviors with it because yeah it in the quest of dieting right mm -hmm. because again if you if you trickle it back to those health at every size principles and you're actually responding and listening to how your body feels when when i eat quote-unquote diet foods that are like you know with artificial sugars and the fats been cut out i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna be a little honest y'all i'll get the runs <laughs> right so obviously my body is telling me like, this doesn't make me feel good. I don't eat artificial truly, sugar. So yeah, but if you're truly going back to like health at every size, like something with the artificial, it's not the artificial sugar that's the problem. It's that we're not listening to our bodies. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're not aware of the quality of our food choices or not. Um, and we're consuming too much of them because we're trying to avoid the real thing in a quest to lose weight. Maybe if we weren't avoiding the real thing and we were just enjoying our treats, like whenever we have a craving in moderation, instead of giving them so much power, artificial sugar wouldn't be the thing. In yeah. So in my point is like, there, there's so many overlapping factors to blanketly say 
sugar is a big here. Yeah, there is a lot of overconsumption of sugar and there is a lot of added sugar in a lot of our foods. So I think some awareness of what's going on um, out there, that's the external cue, right? But health at every size is really about the internal cue. So how do I feel when I eat those foods? Right? So it's not the sugar, it's, it's our lack of awareness and training on how to actually feed ourselves and nourish ourselves. Yeah, like for me, I don't, I guess I'm like the a random PCOS person because I don't crave a lot of carbs and I don't crave sweet things. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because I have an eating disorder. But like, <laughs> so I'm gonna, it's because I have an eating disorder. But um, when I do eat sweet things, or when I do eat carbs, if I don't pair them with, um, if I don't like pair carbs with a protein, I feel really crappy. Mm-hmm. And if I eat something sweet, I usually feel pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. If depending on how much of it I eat or whatever, or if I'm like, if I have to eat it and it's a fear food challenge and um, I'm already feeling pretty crappy in the first place, but then I usually feel really crappy. And I don't know how much of that is anxiety and fear or how much of that is just like insulin crap. And I just feel really crappy. So I don't like, I haven't like sessed all that out yet, but yeah, some yeah. sugar yeah, usually does make me feel crappy. And I don't know how much of that is mm-hmm. insulin crap or how much of that is just anxiety, but could be both. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah very well could be both. And I think the things that like you don't normally see with anxiety would tell you if it's insulin or not. Like, are you getting, are you having mood swings? Well, mood swings can come with anxiety, but are you feeling shaking? Well, again, shaking can come with <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, I would say like if they're unique to you, you probably know what like what your anxiety feels like to you just because they all could be symptoms of anxiety. There's also your baseline of how you typically experience anxiety. So if there's an outlier to that, those are the pieces that may be the PCOS reaction. I don't know. Yeah, it's a thing to tease apart and see and to play with, right? What happens if I have some protein when I have my sweets? You know, what happens if I if I temper that? blood sugar reaction. Um, thinking that, that goes back to the internal cueing, where you're using yourself as the standard instead of society. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Mm, I don't know. Some of these are kind of silly. What if someone comes up to you on a beach and you're in your swimsuit and they say, oh, honey, you shouldn't be wearing that. Why? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm serious. I like to, I like to kind of force people's snark <laughs> and be open. Like, let, let's, let's hear you bluntly say the snide comment so that, that I can eviscerate you. <laughs> After I've hit them. <laughs> right. Like, you could be wearing that, and I would be like, well, you know, you shouldn't say every judgment that comes into your mouth, or I mean, into your head. But. Yeah. Pretty good blood. Don't shit on me. Don't shit on me. There you shit on me. I said that to my therapist once. I was like, don't shit on me. She goes, oh, I'm allowed to. And she pointed to her degree. I was like, oh. <laughs> Some shoulds are valid. The sun should rise. It's not, you know, bankrupt yourself on purpose. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. 
know, people making snarky comments about your clothing choices, I think are going to happen, right? Because mm-hmm. um, again, unfortunately, people think they have carte blanche when you are in, um, you know, a, a non-societal ideal larger body where they feel like they have the right or like they're helping you out to make it, like maybe you're just like, Totally you know, clear. so blind that you don't see that you're out here disgusting everyone. <laughs> and here's the thing. They're only disgusted because they've been taught that fat is disgusting and they, they're disgusted themselves, right? And so we've been taught this. Um, there's nothing about anybody per se that is actually disgusting based on their size. And, if, and then they're told, well, it's an aesthetic thing. I just don't like seeing fat. I'm like, then stay home. Body diversity, yo. My the peak, most of the where most of the population lies is a BMI of 27. BMI of over 25 is considered overweight. That's a story for another day of how that's some bullshittery. But like, so if more than half of the population is in larger bodies, you're gonna see them. Don't go out. Yep. I don't know. Um, but I just think it goes back to just advocating, remember that every single person deserves respect and dignity and kindness, regardless of what they look like. Yeah. Cause I mean, every person has feelings. Every person has, you know, crap that they're going through and they don't need Susie Q in size zero, whatever coming up and being like, oh, you don't exert, deserve to take up space and exist because Mm -hmm. you are in a bigger size or in a bigger body. It's like, nobody asked you. And by the way, I can snap you in half. So like, why are you coming to me? (laughs) The other thing that gets me is, um, and I'm guilty of, I'm guilty of this too in my past. Well, probably up until this very second, right? It just dawned on me. Um, I've been guilty of saying like, well, you don't, you don't know what made that person bigger, right? You don't know if, if it's genetics, if it's medication, if it's illness, if they've been struggling with an eating disorder, um, if, or if they really do overeat. You don't know. Right? So you said, like, but even that implies that maybe there's a valid reason for judging somebody. The fact yeah. that you have to take away the one. The fact, what it does is say that there's still a valid reason for judging somebody in there, but keep in mind there's all these reasons why it might be okay that they're in a larger body. Here's the thing, it's okay to be in a larger body regardless of how you got there. Period, end of story, you're allowed to exist as you are in your body, the end. Mic drop. Just throw the mic. (laughs) So, um, all I gotta say is this is a really hard season for a lot of people. Yeah, it's hard for me too. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely bigger than I was last year, but you know, I'm just trying to get through it. I know it's probably gonna be different next year. I mean, next year I'm not gonna be stuck at home, not being able to work out, not being able to do the things I like. So, mm-hmm. yeah. just gotta persist and get through it. I gotta say, if you're struggling on like whether or not to engage in activities this summer, please do it. <laughs> because um, 
there, you, yes, I'm not saying you will not encounter judgment because I think that's that's foolish and that's fallacy and that's like you know saying that you know unicorns are gonna fart rainbows and skittles and sunshine. Um, you're gonna come across some shitty people from time to time, but most of the people you come across aren't even gonna blink at what you choose to wear or that you're choosing to be, you know, or that you're outside with your kids in the sunshine having a good time um, or by yourself or with your loved ones or where you know. Uh, mm -hmm. most people aren't going to be blinked twice. Most people aren't going to make a comment. And to wait to live your life is one of the, one of the worst things I think that the eating disorder takes from people is that you can't live your, like you can't do those things because you're not thin enough. You're not good enough. Um, you've got cellulite, you've got extra weight, you know, um, that you feel like you can't be seen or be out there or live your life. I mean, and you'll find as you start to like, just try that, you really can. Maybe, maybe we'll make it a little more tolerable as you go. Definitely, yeah. That's like one reason why I love to go to camp every year is like, I go and I hang out with middle school students and middle school students are typically like some of the most um, judgy kids like you could be around, <laughs> but like mm -hmm. they don't care what I look like because I just get to be me and I get to be like immature 12 year old me and it's fun and they yeah. don't give a crap about what size I am because I'm number one paying attention to paying attention to them and like loving on them and you know giving them the stuff that they need for a week and it's maybe it's stuff that they don't get from their parents or get from home or whatever Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, that I mean, that brings up a really important point too. That it's like when you think about, you know, the people that are most important to you, that you care about, whose opinions you care about. Um, it they tend to not be centered on appearance very often. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. They tend to be centered on like how that person makes you feel. Yeah. Um. Oh, I thought of something too. Where did it go? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it away. Hey, like, that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What else? How about how about a message to all y'all if you're struggling in the eating disorder world? If you're struggling and you're relapsing and you don't know where to go, or if you're just waiting and hoping that maybe you can get a placement somewhere and um, like go to. Uh, Okay. I can't think right now. Go to the um, treatment. How about, how about try this? Try for two weeks to like get your craft together. Like just try for two weeks to use skills. Just pick two skills, just two skills that you really like and are really good at and try to use them over and over and over again instead of behaviors and just try to get your craft together for two weeks and just use skills instead of behaviors. And then if that works for two weeks, Try it again for two more weeks. And then if that works, maybe pick two different skills and try those four skills for two more weeks until, you know, maybe six weeks goes by. And then try it again for two more weeks until eight weeks goes by. Maybe you can get through the summer without using behaviors and even go to treatment. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. I think one of the tools that I've seen out there too, <coughs> pardon me, allergy season, man, um, that I love is Summer in and in And on Facebook recently, um, 
she had this, uh, or she had a blog post recently on like, uh, is it okay to want to lose weight? Right. And I loved her answer to it. I'm going to just butcher it, I'm sure, but paraphrase. Um, she's like, yeah, it's okay, but it's important to recognize that you want that because you've been kind of like trained to want that. Um, and try to spend some time thinking about what getting that would bring you, what you think getting that would bring you, and focus on how do you get more of that now. Um, so if you think that, you know, losing weight is going to get you, you know, um, you'll have less, less shame, like maybe we can work on that now. If you think it's going to get you more acceptance, let's try to think about the ways you are accepted now or to get more acceptance now. If you think it's going to like prove that you're successful, what are other ways you can work on your success now? Uh, and I think that that's a really, that's one way to kind of get through some of this too, is to like, let yourself off the hook for wanting to lose weight. Like you are in a culture that is designed to every single twist and turn to make you want to lose weight. Like it's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault if you want to lose weight. Um, but it's important to recognize that like, again, or even if you think that weight loss is going to bring you like better health, well, do the actual health things, right? If you do need to lower your cholesterol, then take a look at your fat intake, sure. If you do need to lower your blood pressure, take a look at your sodium intake, absolutely. But do the things that are actual health-focused. And if you think that weight loss is what you need to get healthy, take a look at your actual health markers and focus on those as you go. And that can kind of be a protective, another protective factor. Exactly. I think I ran to the law. We both did, man. We we passionate about this. I know. I love it. It's very different from like two years ago. That no, sugar I... thing, though, man, you got me all tore up on this. Sugar, sugar man. Sugar. Like, you sugar. My dietitian's gonna watch this, and she's gonna be like, sugar. Like, oh, I noticed sugar. you were squirming. Yeah, she does. <laughs> oh, but that's another good strategy too out there if you guys are struggling with any potential relapse. Transparency. Mm-hmm. Right? Calling yourself out on your stuff, owning it, throwing yourself under the bus. Um, you know, anytime your healthy self is in control, letting it throw you under the bus is kind of helpful. Yeah. Yeah, getting good at telling on yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh really, yeah. Totally, totally use that behavior. Because eventually, like, right, to really work on it, we have to work through the initial shame of I'm not perfect at recovery, like, and I've messed up and I've slipped up and that embarrassment and, like, I wanted to get it, but I kind of didn't want to get it because that's why I slipped, but I kind of want to get, like, right? We got to work through some of that. A little more and I think you do still feel it but like you work through it a little more quickly as you go or it's a little more like blah, blah, blah. okay yeah that felt like, terrible yeah. but let's fix it <laughs> but the quicker you get to kind of like owning it up and fessing up on yourself the faster you get back to recovery because um, we, we know where those backslides lead and it's not pretty yeah I had a um, like a little debate with my husband the other day because his cousin's studying addiction and whatever and substance abuse and he's like I don't believe that you know I don't want to teach my people that relapses happen and I was like 
they've got a relapse all over the place, not know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. especially in like substance abuse. And so I told John, you know, you gotta teach him like what you've seen with me that, you know, relapses happen and you teach shame resilience. Like, mm-hmm. like throw him some Brene Brown, man. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, even in like your DBT skills, like there's, there's this concept called dialectical abstinence, right? Where yeah. a lot of like 12 step programs and such are like abstinence only, like never use, be- and same thing with like eating disorder recovery, never use behavior again, that's your goal. And the problem there, like you said, is when you slip up, there's just intense, deep shame. On the other side of that is like your harm reduction approach, mm-hmm. which is like, you're gonna slip up and it's okay because we just get back on track, which is true. Um, the problem there is like people tend to slip up a lot more fa- a lot faster um, and more often. So the dialectical abstinence um, is like that whole Olymp- I call it the Olympic mentality, you know, your Michael Phelps mentality, where he's he no he has to walk into every single race knowing he can win it, even though he's lost a race before and he may lose one again. And yeah. that's kind of like the thing is about recovery. I walk into like I'm in recovery, believing and knowing. I could have a life without behaviors um, while knowing that I've slipped up before and I may slip up again, but I know how to get back to track. It's like that, um, can, can you teach something about like visualizing recovery? Yeah, like there was yeah. a visualization um, study done about like free throws or something like visualizing. Yes, this is my favorite thing. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. the people who practiced, practiced and visualized and just visualized. People who practice free throws for a couple hours a day improved. I think it was like 7%. The people mm-hmm. who visualized only did better than that at like 10 or 11% improvement. But the people who did both practiced and visualized free throws improved by like 30 something percent. I mean, that's an insane amount. So, yeah. 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 And that's why I think too, like some of what we did today, right? Like imagining what you would say to people. Um, imagining how you would respond to diet talk, imagining how you respond to like snarky comments um, helps you when the moment actually comes. And you can do that just not even for diet talk. You can do that when um, you get triggered to use behaviors, like mm-hmm. practice what you're going to say to Ed voice. And you can even write it down and dialogue with it. That's what I used to do all the time. I need to get back to doing that sometimes. It's not, you know, even though I don't really struggle with that anymore, it's not, you can always practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you never know what's, sometimes it's good to check in with your Ed voice. Yeah. What's going on in there anyway? Yeah, camp week's going to be real hard because it's all fear food all week. <laughs> yeah, camp oh. week's going to be, yeah. Ugh. So excited about camp <laughs> Maybe I'll get to pack my food. Still holding out. <laughs> Probably not. Looking like no. Well, gal can dream. Yeah, yeah, I can dream. Because I've been doing a fear food every week that's been a camp food. So I'm like, no, that's going to be a no. Uh, Yeah, because if you've already faced them, I mean, your dietitian, your team's going to be like, I did, we did cross a lot of fear foods off my fear food list the other day. It was fun. It was fun. Real fun or like? It was fun because my dietitian was like, yes! 
like you need to play that all i do is win win <laughs> song every time you do that Ooh, there's another good tip y'all celebrate your successes yo i was like yeah. can you go borrow ryan's little birthday yeah. one just go to the dollar store get some get some it was fun okay well i think yeah. that's all the time we have this week yeah and i don't know oh next month just just putting this out there you know for kylie mitchell no in two months two months i'm gonna be in houston for the psi conference you guys um if there's any of you out there who are into into postpartum uh health and maternal mental health will be attending the postpartum support international conference and presenting on postpartum uh, mood disorders and eating disorders um, which would be super cool. So um, Kylie should totally uh, be on our podcast. And, totally. You know, she's got an adorable new baby. Not that I stalk you online or anything, uh, but we could talk about some postpartum stuff. Yeah, we're both moms. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what talk, we'll talk about next month, though, so that'll be a surprise. Yeah. When is your postpartum thing? Is it in July? July, yeah. I thought it was June. So, what, July what? 14th. July 14th. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm nothing. <laughs> All right, so Kylie, we're, we're going to be fighting you and kidding you up. <laughs> so I hope this is helpful to you guys. Uh, battle some beach body bullshit. Call it out when you see it. Everybody is a beach body, y'all. Yeah, if you're on the beach, you have a beach body. Um, and I hope you guys will love yourself through this, this summer. Yes. Be kind to yourself. Until next time. Toodles. Bye.